From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, it's another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again, and of course, thanking you so much for joining us, subscribing to the show. That helps us tremendously, and if you've not done so already, we're offering up bonus episode number two to you. It's an episode that I will email directly to you as a thank you for uh, sharing the show and letting some friends know about it. The uh, way and the hoop that I ask you to jump through is to uh, give us some stars and leave us a review on iTunes. And you can simply email me back what your username was that left that review, and I'll uh, email you right back with that bonus episode. Fully produced episode, just like the normal show, but we're not publishing it. We're only giving it to you as a bonus episode. And it turns out a lot of folks like this because they go through all of our episodes. You know, they kind of binge watch us or listen to us like uh, like Netflix. Okay. And then they're out of episodes. Uh-huh. And so getting this nice little extra bonus parachute you can just pull at any time is a nice little thing to have. So we'll give that to you. All you have to do is give us a review there on iTunes. It's free to sign up even if you don't have an iPhone or iAccount. Just sign up for one quick. Give us that review. Give us some stars on there. Subscribe through iTunes as well, of course, if you'd like. Um, but we really would love us some uh, love some love over there. Do that. Send me the uh, the username to Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com, and uh, you'll get that bonus episode. Pretty simple. Not too many hoops to jump through. Just one little one. A little bit of fire involved, and that's it. So... We greatly appreciate uh, that love right there. If you have a ghost story you want to share with us, phone number is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, or you can, of course, always write into us on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And I was fidgeting with our website the other day, and uh, it has a new look to it. If you haven't been to the website in a while, um, and I, I, figured, I fidgeted with it enough to uh, where we got the uh, the comments uh, to be Facebook comments, which is kind of fun. So now, uh, feel free to comment right on the episodes directly on the website and uh, give us your thoughts, give us your feedback there as well, you know, episode by episode, and we'll reply back directly to you at uh, realghoststoriesonline.com. And if I'm missing posting something up there, like a video or a picture or something that we talked about, Feel free to remind me through that, uh, that that venue as well, and I will get it back up there. I just did that right before we did this episode. Somebody reminded me that the laser tag ghost video was not posted, so I posted that up there from the haunted laser tag arena, which is just a crazy thing to say in general, <laughs> haunted laser tag arena. Um, got a little bit of, uh, of feedback here in some of the stuff we've been talking about lately. This is uh, coming to us from someone who kind of agrees with you that uh, old people can be a little bit scary. Okay. Um, it says, my mom was an occupational therapist when I was very young and used to uh, take me with her on school holidays to the old people's hospital home. The only reason I hated it was because after giving me a, a nice little sweetie, they'd always want to kiss me and always call me a lovely little girl. And uh, this person's a boy. Um, oh, okay. I could see that being a little bit, uh, you know, when you're a little kid, you don't quite understand that they probably can't see you very well and... They really don't care what they tell you. <laughs> right. And and the touching you, that's the part that always yeah. bothered me when they wanted, you know, to, to give you a hug or I remember or the something. kisses. I do remember the kisses at the, the old folks' home. And we're constantly being asked, come here, can I give you a kiss? And yeah. when you're a little kid, as an adult, I mean, and they don't want to kiss an adult. They don't. They could care less about going and kissing an adult, you know. And an adult would understand. Oh, you're an old person, and but as a child, you're like, 
get away from me. This is kind of scary, I, you know. So. Yeah, I always found it a little scary, but I I realize now that was probably the highlight of their day, you know, but I just... Although I'm, I'm just thinking a little bit ahead to the future. If I'm in an old folks home at some point, I don't think I'm wanting to kiss random people's children. You know, that's a know. good way to get sick. It is, but I don't think I really have the desire to kiss random people's children. You know, that just seems a little... I mean, I'm not saying old people are like pedophiles or anything like that. I'm just... I mean, I could see looking at... Oh, cute, you know, maybe give it a hug or something. Yeah. But the whole, let me give you a big kiss. I don't know. It's a different generation, different time and place. Well, and you love our kids, but you don't really love kids in general. No, you're right. I don't. I really, I have a very difficult time standing other people's children. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's totally different with our kids. Right. You know, but it's, it's, I don't know. I'm not a kid person. No, you're not. And I, and I think that makes all the difference. That's just yeah. an aged kid person. Yeah. Which is funny because, you know, when, when people see me with our kids, like, oh, you, you, you're, you're a great dad to them. And like, yeah. And I love them. And I love you would them, never no. know that you detest that I, that other I children. I don't like other children. Yeah. I can only stand ours. Right. Which is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Go finger. Uh, another letter that was written in um, the story where the woman's feet were backwards sounds like a uh, chew rail. And maybe I'm saying that incorrectly. C H U R A I L, chew rail. I guess. Something of that nature. I never heard that. Sounds like some sort of a Spanish term. Uh, they're commonly seen in parts of India and Pakistan. Okay, India and Pakistan term. Uh, there's plenty of urban legends uh, over there com- concerning them. None of them mean good things. From what I hear, you're supposed to ignore one and not look back once you've passed them. It's not ent- I'm not entirely sure what is supposed to happen to you, but they're always described as women who look relatively normal were it not for the fact that their feet are backwards. Makes for interesting reading. Was this in reference to that? story where the girls were hiking back home no that was uh and and you're talking you're referencing the one where they were hiking and they came across the demonic version of their dead friend yeah that's what i was thinking no this was a woman apparently if i remember right in the story she was like in a um a burka but her feet were backwards on a bridge oh okay i remember that one you remember that Which goes kind of along with what they just said, as far as the urban legend part. Yeah, it was on the bridge, and it was trying to lead them across the bridge, and they decided not to go across the bridge. Yeah, that's interesting. And I wonder if the bridge is symbolism, or if it means anything, or or what, but... That's uh, that's interesting. 855-853-4802, if you have a real ghost story that you would like to share with us, we would love to to hear your real ghost story. Let's go to a uh, caller here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi. Hey, how you doing? This happened some about 10 years ago. <clears throat> Sitting in my room. Didn't know what was going on. I thought I kept hearing noises like creaking and popping. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? So, you know, I decided to get up and go see what happened. And then, you know, I look out my door and there's this thing just sitting there by a piano. And I said, hello, he didn't do that. So I got up close and I said, hello. And he still didn't do that. And it was just banging on the piano like, like it had no common sense whatsoever. Like he didn't know what it was doing. So I took my phone and I turned my light up on my phone. I turned it on and when I did, it didn't have a body at all. It just 
whenever the light would hit it, it would disappear. But I mean, you could actually hear the piano playing. So I get up a little bit closer and I notice that, that it, something ain't right here. It's eyes are beady, are, are like beady red eyes. And I'm just sitting up awestruck on what it is. And I look behind me because I hear something behind me. Then I look forward and when I do it, the damn thing is standing right in front of me. Nose to nose, face to face. I jump back. My heart is beating hard in my chest. I'm breathing hard. Can hardly breathe the air. It feels like the whole, all the air in the room just got sucked out. I'm saying that, and finally, I had to, got up the courage to run. And when I did, it went after me. It just let off, let out a god awful scream and came after me. Got to the exit of the house. When I got to the front door of the, you know, the exit, I opened the door, and as soon as I got outside, it just Slam! Slam the door shut and then laughed. And I haven't been back since. There you go. That's terrifying. I don't know what I do in that situation. When you're in your house, you think that everything's just normal and you see some sort of entity there and I mean at least it left. Yeah. You know. Well, no, it didn't leave. He left. Well, he left, and I'm assuming it it's it stopped after that if he I don't know. Hopefully it didn't follow him. Yeah. I'm I'm guessing he if it did, he would have said something about it. Yeah. 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. What I find interesting is is uh, just listening to people telling their ghost stories now. And the common thing we constantly hear now is, so I got out my phone and used it as a flashlight, yeah. which is what everybody does now. I mean, I do it, you do it, we all do it. But I'm thinking 15 years ago, 10 years ago even, if you were to somehow tune into future broadcasts or podcasts or whatever you're listening to and you're hearing people say something like that, what the hell would be going through your mind? You know, especially before the days of, you know, flashlight phones, you know, that was probably more, more 10, 15 years ago. I don't know. You know I, I think that's... You hear, like somebody, they got their phone out and they yeah. started... What do you mean? They got it off the wall? They got the cordless phone? That didn't, That doesn't give off very much light. Yeah. You know, what do you... It would just be totally baffling. About 15 to 20 years ago would sure. be those cordless, you sure. know, handhelds. Oh, and now it's like just totally part of everyone's vernacular with what they do and what their reaction mode is. Get out the phone. So I just... Just a little observation. It's kind of, you know, funny. I always think about that. It's like there was an AT&T commercial that I saw not that long ago where it was 1994 or something and it was Someday You Will. And it was yeah. a mom... Uh, it was like, uh, someday when you're away on a business trip and you want to say goodnight to your daughter, you'll just be able to pick up the phone and do it. And on the commercial, uh, it was uh, essentially a phone booth with a large monitor in it like a, an old TV monitor. Uh-huh. And that was amazing technology. You think, oh, you look at the video and you will talk back and forth in this handset. and Like uh, a video phone. Yeah, it was an old school video phone. But 
it was someday you will, and you will now, but I don't think they were necessarily envisioning you don't need the giant monitor or the phone booth. It's coming right out of your pocket, and there you go. Right. Which right. is kind of funny, because I was thinking of the night when, when you were saying goodnight to, to our little girl when, when you were away for a couple nights. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Anyhow, completely off the top of the ghosts. <laughs> uh, 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 uh, is our phone number. Uh, I just posted this onto Facebook, uh, an interesting uh, find here from some paranormal investigators in Ohio when they were investigating uh, the Prospect Place uh, in, uh, what is it, it's an estate in Turnway, Ohio. They reviewed their footage and they found something rather extraordinary in this house happening. Uh, A doll can be seen falling off the dresser and onto the floor. And at the time the doll fell, uh, the investigators were outside taking a break, sitting on the front porch of the mansion. So that's some fun little video that was found. Go for it. You know I'm not going to watch it. You watch it. Oh, it's just a doll falling off a, a thing. Uh, It says uh, they visited the uh, mansion on September 9th, 2012. The guys were downstairs having a break. Something extraordinary happened. And then here's the video. That's the sound of the doll falling. So, there you go. It's uh, interesting. He's trying to use a spirit box then to try and see if he can pick anything up. Now, did the doll have quite a bit of, you know edge that it had to go over to fall onto the floor or was it just like right on the edge and it just kind of fell it was kind of on the edge honestly yeah so there you go if you want to see it uh, there's the link up on Facebook Um, it's always kind of interesting watching some of those videos to see what what people are catching and capturing because I don't really get a whole hell of a lot out of watching those uh, shows on uh, like the, the travel channel ghost shows and things of that nature. I just don't get into them very much. I don't know. It, to me, I mean, I know how reality TV is is produced. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know how much of it is just utter bullshit. And talking with real paranormal investigators, there are paranormal investigators who do it seriously, who don't have camera crews following them around, who don't have a producer to please, who don't have a network to please, that to this day, and go into some very, very haunted places, still say, I still don't have any evidence of ghosts. Yeah. Yet they go and they investigate the stuff tirelessly. There's no way in hell that every time ghost hunters are going out that they're capturing all these EVPs and all these things on camera. It's just bullshit. It's It really is in so many of these cases. It, and it's just, you know... I think it's exciting because it, it kind of makes more people aware of the topic. And But just once, I'd like to see a ghost hunting show come back where they go, we didn't get shit. There's, <laughs> we got absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe like once or twice a season, something happens. I'd be very content with that. Well, that paranormal show we watched the other night, I kind of liked it. But then I was kind of like, okay, this is kind of far-fetched because they were trying to associate 
a potential haunting with an event that happened a long time ago in the general yeah. area and it, it was like paranormal home inspectors right yeah, yeah it was it was just really a stretch to say that the haunting in this one specific house had something yeah. to do with a train accident like a mile away we believe that the train accident someone died not in the train accident but previously in the as uh, on the tracks just got hit by a train in 1830 we think that's the guy that's in your house yeah it could have been the other 400 people that died Died in the remote area over the last right. 140 years. It was certainly the guy in the train track. Now, if the house had been built like right up next to the tracks where that had happened, yeah, and maybe the train flew into the house or some, <laughs> something, or, you know, yeah, something that would have actually associated. But the it. house was not anywhere adjacent. It was just yeah. like you could. In the camera shot, you can see the house in the distance with the railroad tracks. It's like you get binoculars. There's, there's tracks near. Yeah. I was just like, this is bullshit. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just, I did like that the medium found, you know, energy yeah. there. But the other people, they were just like, no. Well, and here's something. And I'm not discounting mediums or anything like that. Because I think there are plenty of legit ones. And I think there's plenty of bullshit ones. Um, and I think if you... In most cases, ask a medium to go into a house that you think is haunted. They're going to go walk through the house and they're going to tell you a story. Have you, I mean, have you ever heard of one going through a haunted house that's walked around and said, I don't get anything. Nothing. Nothing at all. No, but I don't have a lot of experience with mediums. Sure. I don't ever, I mean, any mediums out there, or, or mediums or sensitives out there that are listening, have you ever walked or been asked to go and investigate a situation, walked through the place and had nothing happen. Now, of course, all this is made for TV that we see. Sure. So it's rare that they're probably going to, if the medium that they get, medium number one, uh, they, they find somewhere, walks through the house and says, hey, there's nothing going on. They're probably not going to use it. They're going to find the next medium that's going to pick up a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But um, what would be interesting, here's one. Here's a concept for a ghost show. Is this better than Ghost in a Jar? Yes, sensitive versus sensitive. Okay. You have two sensitives or mediums go through the same house that has documented haunting. Okay, it's not just, you know, Joe has lights that are flickering. uh, Or, you know, there's weird drafts or shadows that kind of appear, but it could be street lights. Real, you know, somewhat documented ghost story house, you know, or something of that nature. Um you have two mediums or senses know nothing about the case. Uh, you don't tell them where they're going. In fact, get them from out of town. Get them somewhere far away. Get them both in there. Seven walk through the place. Get the stories. And then see if those stories match up or how close they come to each other. That could be a really good show. That especially would be interesting. If, especially if they're matching up. Yeah. That would be very interesting. And it, it's, the idea of the show is not to like debunk a medium or anything like that. It's more so just trying to, I think, more so validate the haunting or validate what is going on, what the history may actually be. Because in most ghost shows, you have the one medium goes going through or the sensitive and that's all you get. That's the story and you got to kind of take it at face value. But if you had more than one going through with the same thing, not at the same time, I think that could be a really good show. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. There okay, go. Someone I like go out there that and idea. That. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we'll have documentation that we set it on this date on this show, and it is now copywritten. 
2014. Yeah. I don't think you can copyright things quite that easily. Uh, 855-853-4802. If you have a real ghost story, we would absolutely love to hear it here on the show. Let's go to a letter that was written into us at realghoststoriesonline.com. This comes to us from Emily. Emily, hello, Tony. My name is Emily. Ever since I was a very young girl, I have had an interest in the paranormal. I had my first paranormal experience around the age of six or seven. It was a stormy night, and I begin terrified of thunder, ran to my parents' room so that I could sleep safely in between my mom and dad. For a while, I sleep fairly soundly until a loud crack of thunder woke me. I sat upright in the bed, and when I did, I was met by a translucent white figure standing by the window. All I remember about the apparition was its small stature, which now causes me to believe that it could possibly have been a child. After seeing this, I began to scream and cry, which woke my parents, whom immediately began to attempt to comfort me. I eventually fell back asleep and never told anyone of what I had seen. Years went by, and my first paranormal experience lay dormant in the back of my mind until I became a sophomore in high school. at which the paranormal occurrences in my life reached an all-time high. It all began after the death of a son of one of my mother's friends. He was only a couple years older than me, and he was hit by a car while crossing the street. A few nights after his death, I was asleep in my bed and was awoken by some kind of unseen force. When I sat up, I saw a young man sitting in the corner of my room with his knees to his chest. I called out to him, What do you want? And he looked up. It was then that I realized it was my... It was the son of my mom's friend. I immediately got up and began having a panic attack. After I had calmed down, I decided to sleep on the couch for the rest of the night. The experience was followed by a three-year period of constant spirit activity. I'd feel hands on my face, hear people call my name, and see figures smoking cigarettes on the staircase and standing by my bed. I thought that the activity was isolated to my house alone until I witnessed similar occurrences at some of my friends' houses and even my college dorm. I was at a friend's house about a year ago, and while we were lying in bed, I began to see the hangers in her closet move around as if someone was searching for an article of clothing. I brought this to, to the attention of my friend to make sure I wasn't crazy, and when she saw it too and began to freak out, I knew it wasn't just my house. More recently, the other day, I was at a friend's house and kept seeing movement in the corner of my eye. When I go to look in the movement, nothing would be there. This happens to me frequently, and I've come to consider it simply a part of my day-to-day life. As I've said before, I began my fascination with the paranormal at a young age, and it has only grown since then. Within the past year, I have begun to use tarot cards, and have found that I frequently have dreams that either come true, or have some sort of deeper meaning in my life. Anyways, thank you so much for reading my story, and thank you for taking time uh, to make your wonderful show. You get me through a lot of long car rides and boring shifts at work. Thanks again, Emily. Have you ever used tarot cards? No, no, I haven't. I haven't either. I wouldn't even begin to know how. No, I, I and that's one of those things I would say probably falls kind of near the Ouija okay. territory. Um, I suppose he, I think like in some radio bits years ago in like morning radio, I think we've, you know, we used to have a psychic on the show mm-hmm. and I don't know if she was using tarot cards or something of that nature, but it was more of those, Hey, call in and have your future told or whatever. It was usually just, you know, some sort of 
you know, pariah just preying on people. Sure. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Yeah. But I myself have never used it. I wouldn't even know how. And I don't think I would, I don't think it's a territory I'm going to, would want to venture into either. Okay. No, me neither. I was just curious. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, speaking of uh, kind of that um, and the um, the you know kind of doing your reading of the tarot cards thing, uh-huh. the, a bit I used to do on on my show, and this was not a, a ghost show or anything like that. I've told you about this before, but I'll share on here. Um, and again, I'm not discounting anything of of legitimate. Uh, mediums or psychics or sensitives because I think that exists but just to tell you and just to kind of open your eyes into how I guess how easy it is to BS someone and this is a scary thing this is where you gotta really I think ask some serious questions of who you're getting the information from and some people I think can give you really good information and be very accurate um, there's like that woman that was going to be our guest the other night she had to cancel yeah. with a family thing um, but we're going to try and get her on again um, she I think legitimate yeah. you know, she helped solve some serious crimes with what she was coming up with Right. so some of those folks yeah I believe they got powers that a lot of other people do not have but there's a lot of people that are very very generic with what they state to people and, the, and unfortunately a lot of them are the ones who do morning radio shows okay okay i did a bit for a while this was a comedy ask morning show and i was not trying to ruin people's lives or screw with them or anything and at the end of the bit i told them it was all just bs but um what we did was it was kind of uh, a satire on that and it was chet jameson the bowling psychic okay okay and the, what he would do is i had it was me on another phone line, and I would call in and interact back and forth with myself. And and Chet talked like this. Chet would be uh, at the bowling alley, and and he would uh, essentially someone would call in, and they would Chet would ask them who they wanted to communicate with, and then Chet would we'd have sound effects of bowling alleys, and okay. he'd roll the bowling ball down the alley, and the pins would align themselves. Okay, and how the pins aligned themselves was like his tarot cards. Okay. Okay, and that's how he would tell <laughs> what the spirits were trying to communicate to the people. Wow. And and you, honestly, and this is where it's scary, and, and I did this, like I said, it was more of a satire, so, because this is when the, what was that show, the crossing over with What's-His-Name was really big. John Edwards? Yeah, and he was debunked a thousand times over. Um it was kind of like that. Okay. And it was like, okay, people wake up. Not everyone who claims to do this is legit. Sure. So I would sit there and I'd like, well, I'm getting a someone with an S in their name. And then inevitably your caller is going to tell you someone with an S in their name. There are certain letters of the alphabet you can pick out that are the most common letters for names. Sure. C and S happen to be two of them. You list one of those, chances are 80, 90% of the time somebody's going to have that. If they don't, you quickly move to the next thing. Maybe, maybe C, maybe it's a C. I'm getting an older person. In it. And then every time I could get through this, they would have said it was somebody that they knew or loved or cared about. You could very easily go down a path of them filling in the blanks. It was like Mad Libs. Yeah. And eventually Chet would get to some sort of craziness of what he was communicating. And that's kind of where the bit ended. It, we never like went into some sort of, you know, sob tale. Like, oh, they... You know, 
I didn't want to like play in these people's emotions too much or anything. It was like I said, satire. But it was like, well, he's hunting squirrels right now. Is that something? You know, like maybe this is not the person you think it is. And he's wearing a share costume. You know, it'd be like really out uh, there. Okay. Um, but it was very easy to get somebody going and believing that they were legitimately talking to someone. Well, but the thing is, that people that are seeking. You know, to contact the sure. other side through a psychic or a medium, they're they're at their last. I mean, that's their You're last right. hope. I agree, and and that's and that's why I did the bit because I think there is a lot of people out there. I, I, there was no other way of communicating that than other way that other than saying, "Oh, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. This is bullshit." People are gonna if they want to search it out, they're gonna search it out. You know. Yeah. Um, and and to they have to really weed them down, you know. I think most of the real legitimate ones are not operating phone lines to call into. Yeah. Um. So, but a lot of people fall prey to that. So the only way I could think of kind of cautioning was showing an example of how bullshit it was is that it was a morning radio DJ with a fake person at a bowling alley, being a bowling psychic. <laughs> I have no comment. <laughs> what? How old were you when you were doing this? Uh, 23. Okay. 23, 24. There uh, you go. Yeah. But the people believed it for a certain extent, you know, and it was, it was interesting. But then again, I have had um, more, uh, I, I have had real sensitives on the air mm-hmm. um, in my lifetime in radio, and they have been kind of spookily uh, accurate. Um, I can't say with me necessarily um it was usually like i had them do something with the co-hosts um or an intern or somebody that was in there and they'd been very accurate a couple times so again i I, in no way saying that it it is a bullshit thing because it's not i'm just saying there's a lot of people out there that are practicing bullshit in its name yeah there's i mean it's it would be a very easy field for somebody to run a con it is a very easy field to run a con just look out for chet jameson the bowling psychic there you go. We should do a, another podcast with Chet. And Chet's all it is just Chet. <laughs> I think I can only handle this podcast. Uh, let's go to a caller, 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to dial in. Or you can always write it to the website at realghoststoriesonline.com with your real ghost story. Hello. Hi, my name is Barbara, and I have some paranormal experiences I'd like to share with you. I've been having experiences throughout my entire life. Um, Approximately 20 years ago, I worked in a restaurant in Newtown, Connecticut. Ed and Lorraine Warren, uh, renowned demonologists, were actually regulars at this restaurant, and I got to know them very well. And uh, I had shared, you know, some of my experiences with them. And Lorraine Warren told me that I would have paranormal experiences for the rest of my life, that I had the type of energy that ghosts were attracted to. So she, you know, warned me that, you know, there would be much more to come, and she was right. Um, but I'm going to share with you uh, what's been going on since I've been living in the home that I'm currently living in. I've been here eight years. It's a colonial home in New Preston, Connecticut. Um, it's situated on the East Aspetuck River. And when I came to view the property with my husband, um, I did. I felt a strange presence in the home the first time I entered the home. Um, But 
the house is so picturesque. It's, it, the views are incredible of the river. Um, any trepidation that I had over a strange feeling in the house was overridden by, by my desire to live in such a beautiful home in such a beautiful place. So we went ahead and we rented the house, and um, my husband was a non-believer. He did not believe in ghosts. Um, he had never had any, you know, personal experiences. Um, so he just didn't believe. And uh, one night in this house, changed his mind. Uh, the very first morning uh, in the home, he turned to me at 6 a.m. and said, I can't believe this, but I think you're right. I think we have a ghost. Um, so I'm going to share with you just a couple of uh, experiences. There's many, many things that have happened in this house, but I'm going to share two. Um, we were dog sitting for a friend of mine's dog, and the dog was here uh, for approximately two months. And uh, this dog, his name was Bailey, and he adored me. Um, so he was always by my side. And one night, uh, I woke up to him shaking in the bed. And um, he was actually trying to crawl under me, um, which was very strange. He had never done anything like that before. Um, it was as if he, it was as if he was trying to get protect him from something. So anyway, I, um, I get up. And, uh, you know, it had woken my husband up as well. And I, and I take the dog outside, and uh, he actually, I the door to, to bring him outside, and the dog took off out of the house and just went in right through my yard into my neighbor's yard. And, you know, I, I quickly followed after him and wound up retrieving him three yards over. Uh, he would not voluntarily come back with me. I had to pick him up and carry him through the three yards. Uh, once I got to my back porch, he wiggled out of my arms and took off running again. It was such strange behavior for this dog. Um, I went back and retrieved him. He was in the same spot three yards over. This time, I held on to him tightly when I got to the porch, and we entered the home with him to find my husband um, trying to disarm the smoke detector in our bedroom. It was it was ringing, and he had pressed the button to disarm it several times, but it was still ringing. <clears throat> uh, Bailey would not re-enter the bedroom. He was standing in the threshold, shaking and whining and crying. Um, it had become very obvious to me that he didn't want me in this bedroom either. But anyway, so my husband's trying, you know, still trying to disarm the alarm, and it's still ringing. So he takes the batteries out of it, and it's still ringing. So that's a little baffling. Okay, how is this working without batteries? Um, but at that point, he actually ripped the wires out of it and to our astonishment it was still ringing we eventually wound up um putting it in a draw under some uh of my husband's heavy work jeans and stuff and that muffled the sound and we were eventually able to fall back asleep but i should note that bailey was here for a few more weeks and he never re-entered our bedroom again um and I'm going to share one more experience. Uh, one night, I'm lying in bed, and it's 3 a.m. I'm woken up to the sound of footsteps walking back and forth on my side of the bed. I kind of reached over, and I could feel my husband's laying next to me, and we're the only two in the house. So uh, it was quite frightening. Uh, for 20 minutes, I laid there listening to footsteps walk back and forth on my side of the bed. I refused to open my eyes. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to see what was there. I really didn't. I just laid there with my eyes tightly shut. And after 20 minutes of this, um, 
whatever it was, it, it growled. And as it growled, it, the growling sound moved towards the bed as if something were coming at me, growling at me. And that woke my husband up. Um, and he was terrified. Um, I was terrified too, but uh, he was really terrified. That, that really freaked him out. So anyway, um, as I had mentioned, uh, we, we are renters, we don't own. So uh, approximately a year into our being here, uh, the gentleman that owns the house was moving a bunch of furniture out of our basement, um, a whole house full of furniture. And my husband volunteered to help him load it onto the truck. And, uh, you know, my husband asked him, you know, uh, what, did you have a tenant run off in the middle of the night? Like, where did all this furniture come from? To which uh, the landlord replied, sort of. So my husband said, what do you mean, sort of? And that is when we learned that six weeks prior to our renting this place, the gentleman that lived here before us committed suicide in our bedroom. There are so many other things that have happened here, and I'll probably call back in and share those experiences with you as well. But uh, I figured I'd start with the, the two best, with the best ones. And, and the smoke detector and the footsteps were pretty scary events. Um, thank you so much for listening to my stories. Have a great day. And thank you for calling in. Yeah, please do call back in again and, uh, and share your, your ghost stories. Those were, those were interesting. I don't think I could sleep in that room anymore knowing that somebody killed themselves there. Yeah, that could be difficult, but what would you do? What if there's no other rooms to sleep in? I don't know. Do you go to the couch? Do you move out? I have another question. Yeah. Lorraine Warns tells you personally yeah. you're going to have paranormal experiences the rest of your life. How do you sleep that night? How do you, do, <laughs> After you that. Get, do you get used to that? Do you get used to having paranormal experiences? I don't know that I would ever get used to that. I don't know. Uh, that would be rather unsettling, I think. I'm wondering, did she know who Lorraine Warren was? I'm assuming she must have when when she walked up to her and said this at this restaurant. I think you so. Know, yeah. yeah, she said she yeah. got to know them fairly well. Okay, okay. So, yeah. yeah. That's, uh... <laughs> it's, oh, hey, we're having dinner at the country kitchen, and then Lorraine Warren comes over. Hey, by the way, dearie, you're going to have paranormal experiences the rest of your life. I really know you will. Yeah, I think that would freak me out. Because who better would know than them? Yeah. You know? Gosh. I don't I don't know what I could I could deal and be like, oh okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's uh that's a very uh <laughs> odd situation I think to be in. Yeah. Uh eight five five eight five three forty eight oh two, eight five five eight five three forty eight oh two with your real ghost story to uh, share with us. Or you can always, of course, write in on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. If you have a comment on a uh, episode, a previous show, got some feedback, want to share your thoughts on the show, do so on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. There's a nice little comment section down there, and you can use it through Facebook now. Uh, that's how it's uh, being operated, so you can uh, you can provide your two cents, and uh, we may go back and share your two cents as well uh, on a, a future episode of the show and I want to remind you again there's that bonus episode number two out there up for grabs uh, all you have to do is give us uh, some uh, stars a review on iTunes and it, it does specifically need to be on iTunes 
and uh, email me back what that username is that you used, and I will email you bonus episode number two. My email address is Tony at RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, or you can just uh, send me a message through Facebook as well, and I'll reply back there too. Uh, Aaliyah is uh, writing in here. She says, well, just let me, uh, just want to uh, let you know I, I love and watch your show, and I just want to tell you, uh, that I'm sorry if what I have to say might seem random or too long. I've always had weird dreams since I was little, but this one was beyond weird. A couple weeks ago, I had a dream that I was in my dad's house, and I don't get along with him or his family that lives there with him. In my dream, I looked a bit shorter, so I guess I was probably younger in my dream. I was walking in my old room, and I don't know why my dad put a door next to my room, but it opened, and the door, uh, but I opened the door and found a little boy staring at me. I stared back at him, and he walked through the wall. I went to the dining room. He ran up to me and started grabbing my wrist hard like he was trying to hurt me. But for some reason, my mom came in when he was squeezing my wrist, and I woke up. I felt weird, but when I woke up, I didn't feel scared. When I was finishing my homework, I was reading my textbook and realized the boy looked like one of the boys in my textbook. It's kind of creepy, but I wonder why do ghost spirits try to communicate with others in their dreams or at least to do harmful things to you while you're dreaming? Well, I guess it's better than ghost spirits approaching you directly. I've been through paranormal activity when I was around five or six, practically my whole childhood. When I was very little, every time I went over to my dad's house, I always felt like someone was watching me, and I used to run into my room and turn the light on, even if I didn't see anything. For some reason, it was only me that felt this way, and I remember I was in my room with my brother and saw this orb looking light in the hallway standing there, and I told my brother what I saw, and he said, it's just the light, but all the doors were closed. My dad's room's light was off, and it's not possible for a TV to be that bright. I never will forget that night. I knew what it was, but for some reason I felt like who it was also. Even if I was too young to know what happened in that house, I still know that the spirits of the people before me still remain in that house. I always thought maybe it's my anxiety or maybe it's me knowing what's there or not there. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good ghost or a bad ghost, if it's a little boy and he's trying to take her someplace. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's a ghost at all. Yeah. I mean, she dreamed about the vision of a boy, of this boy. She saw a boy that looked similar in a textbook. Okay. There's a lot of generic-looking children in textbooks. It's stock imagery for yeah. the most part. So, I don't know. I mean, and after that... Um, the or the orb was previous, mm-hmm. so I could see the orb being something. Obviously, that's not a normal thing. The other one, eh, I could chalk it as being somewhat of a coincidence. Think so. If there's nothing else that happened, if there wasn't, if the little boy didn't appear in real life, if she didn't go to her dad's, the little boy's hanging out of their bedroom with her. I don't know. That's my opinion on that one. I, I don't think there's enough evidence there to say this is a haunting. Sure. Um, the orb, okay, sure. Yeah. If that's what you saw, that's not normal. That's something else. Textbook, yeah. 855 853 with your real ghost story. Joanne writes in, Hi, I love your show. When I was 12 and my sister was about six, we shared a bedroom together. My single bed was by the door, and the bedroom door would press against my headboard. My younger sister had a bed by a window at the far end. I remember it was a beautiful morning, and... 
was sitting up in bed and my mother enters the room to wake us up for school. She walked over to my sister first as well as uh, as she was still sleeping. That's when I heard walking as if someone else was coming into the room. A strange sound like flip-flops, like flesh hitting the back of a shoe. My mother had her back to me and he enters the room or as she enters the room and stood next to my bed. Then something else entered. He had no face. I tried my best to make sense of what was going on, rubbing my eyes. My mother had bare feet and my sister was in bed, but this other entity was still there. I could have reached out and touched him as he was so close to me, but my mother's back was to it. He was a tall man, but looked like a shadow of the wall. I tried to call for my mother to look, please turn around, but I couldn't. I watched for what felt like a minute or so before I watched him turn around and leave the room. As he moved out, I could hear the flip-flop sound again and watched him, through the crack of the door, walk into the hall to the end of the hall and vanish at a small room. On the same day, as my mother and younger sister were leaving the house, my sister looked upstairs to the bedroom and asked my mother who the man was standing outside our bedroom. This still creeps me out, even though I don't live there anymore. Thank you for... uh, sharing my story. So it's a shadow person that wore flip-flops or made flip-flop sounds? That's interesting. A lot of times shadow people don't seem to make any sounds. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because I, from the stories I've heard, I haven't heard any sound associated with it. And that's interesting if you were unable to to speak as your mom was right there. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's almost kind of like the sleep paralysis type thing with seeing them in the room. I guess... Although the sister did see something, too. Yeah. So I was going to say, maybe you could chalk it up to you were having in that that sleep uh, paralysis state as you were waking up, and you saw something, and you were also seeing what was really going on in your room at the same time, projecting it out into the environment, and then eventually you popped out of it. Uh, But the sister saw the man, too, so that kind of leads me to think, yeah, there might have been a man there. Yeah, I'm thinking there was something there. I just found it interesting, the sound. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a shadow person in flip-flops. Yeah. Literally. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. With your real ghost story. Daisy writes, when I was about seven years old, we lived in an apartment building that used to be the basement of the whole apartment. My mother, stepfather, brother, and sister, we all had our own ba- uh, bedrooms, and my brother's bedroom was next to mine in between the huge kitchen. One night I woke up hearing footsteps going back and forth from the back end of the kitchen to the front going around the kitchen table. I wondered what it was. I left my bedroom door open always because I would always see faces in my closet and windows. I didn't hear the footsteps anymore and just went back to sleep. Then I woke up again in the night and saw a man in front of my bedroom door looking at me. He did not smile or have any expression. Just stood there looking at me. I felt he wanted me to invite him into my bedroom. I got uneased by him and shot the covers over my head. I was so scared, I was sweating and breathing really heavy. I finally had the courage to look again, and he was still there. I did the same shift of my covers over my head, and looked again after the heat from my breath got too intense. He was no longer there. I was relieved, and went back to sleep. I told my brother about what happened that night, and he had said he heard noises in the kitchen that night, but did not see him like I did. He looked exactly like Abraham Lincoln, our nation's past president. Later in life, I found out that my ancestor was a close friend of Lincoln, and I wonder if he came to see me because of his friendship with him. 
Thank you for reading. Stranger things have happened. Well, that's an interesting uh, correlation. Although a lot of folks did kind of look like that back then. Yeah. So, you know, I, I could see that being a coincidence. That's interesting where, you know, you see the the entity there and it's almost feeling like it's asking to be invited in. That's where you don't invite it in. That's where you go, yeah, probably should be inviting the spirits in. You know? Right. Because that could be where it's it's taking an image of something that may be fairly non-assuming or, you know. Although wasn't Abe Lincoln a pretty ugly man? He was, but he, you know. I guess as a ghost, that'd be more scary, but although it's Abraham Lincoln, so if you saw old Abe. Maybe he was doing the whole vamp. Maybe he knew the vampire hunter thing was, was big. That's all crap. At that moment in time. That is he thought, hey, all crap. I can come back there and think I'm a vampire hunter. Oh, I hate that. A movie I will never see. No. Um, but again, that, that's where hauntings, um, possessions, and, and things taking over homes and people, it all begins when you invited in. Is that a telepathic thing? Because she could sense that he wanted to be invited in and to know what they are wanting. Is is that telepathy or is that just... I don't know if... if I mean, I know. guess if he was, she was getting the message that he wanted to be invited in or if he was just looking at the person's face and it kind of is like, you know... I mean, I could tell if you walked in the door here and you had a look in your face like, can I come in? Uh-huh. You know, I, that's not telepathy between us. It's just me telling, I could tell you wanted to come in the room. So I think that could have just been it. Okay. You know, although there's a lot of cases where you do feel or, or hear that the there is something, you know, telepathy-ish going on um, where they're, they're communicating, you know, without words. Sure. So, I don't know. I mean, I, that, that would be a good question, you know, to, to ask the person if we were to talk. Of how that felt. Okay. Uh, 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. With your real ghost story to share with us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to another real ghost story. This comes to us from Lorenzo. Dear Tony and Jenny, I will try to make this uh, as uh, quick as possible. Hope you find this interesting. I'm also sensitive to spirits. I was walking around my neighborhood with three of my friends, and we were walking, and we noticed a box that said free on it. I mean, my friends, being 13 and 14, uh, brought a chandelier home. <laughs> of course, what every 13 and 14-year-old needs is a chandelier. Exactly. I do admit it was a stupid idea, but at the time, it was smart. A few days later, I noticed things went either missing or completely disappeared. But two incidents stood at the most while I was sleeping. One night, I heard a cry. Not from a baby, but one from a man or a woman. I went to go see if it was my mom and dad, but it was not. They were fast asleep. It seemed as if when I got closer to the chandelier, the crying got louder. I could not find where the crying was coming from. I could not fall asleep the rest of the night. The next night, I was not awakened by crying, but by a man and woman that stood at each side of my bed. It did not scare me. The most that scared me was that face that I saw. They didn't have eyes. Their nose was hanging by a thread, and their ears were just a bump on the side. They stood there all night long saying something. I could not hear what they were saying, but as soon as the daylight hit, they disappeared just as fast as they came. 
And if you are wondering, I don't have the chandelier anymore. My dad decided to sell it. I asked who he sold it to, and he said that a nice man who just bought the house. From that point on, nothing has happened. That's my story. I hope you find it interesting. Also, let me know uh, if you'd like to hear more. I'll also look into what happened to those people and tell you what I find. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd like to know. Hey, remember how that chandelier that I always sold you? Yeah, how's that working out for you? That makes me leery of things that are free on the side of the road. You know? Haunted thigh masters. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Very, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, well, then, of course, two antique stores. What about, uh, there's been a lot of times I've been trying to buy uh, remnants of old ships that I'm finding on eBay. You ever think of that? Yeah, and each thing that you've gotten, I've not gotten any weird vibes from. Yeah. No. I I have not. I mean, what we have, I mean, because the thing is, I mean, I haven't really even thought of that when I was buying some of those things. I was thinking, oh, it's a neat piece of history. But if you look at the history of most of those ships that I'm buying things from, they were like troop transport ships and things of that nature during wars and very likely had a lot of not so great things going on on them. Right, but, you know, the pieces that you have, they're not really significant to the ship. Sure, yeah. They're they're small. They're not something that's going to have a lot of history, you know? Yeah. I mean, other than being part of a very historical ship, I, I don't see them being like... You know, yeah. the real, and they're not even like a lot of those ships. Gonna have a lot of a whole lot of like tragedy. One is the we have a floor tile from the Olympic, yes, the Titanic sister ship. Um, and there's uh, some menus and such. I have a menu from the Olympic as well, a real one, right? And some menus from the SS United States and America, both of which I don't think anything real tragic happened with them. No, the Olympic had kind of a checkered past. Yeah. Yeah, what about? Would you think that there'd be a chance of getting more of a a ghost with something if you had a more significant object from an old ship? Like if I if I were to win that one auction I tried a while back of like getting essentially a piece of the grand staircase, that might have things associated with it. Yeah, one single floor tile I would doubt would have you know no. a lot of a lot of energy with it just because. You know, I, I, I How could, about a chandelier? Yeah, well, a chandelier could. A chandelier falling on people definitely could. Yeah. You know, I just... That one tile, I love that tile. Yeah. I don't get the willies from it, though. I'm just thinking things that may have been associated with energy, you know, and a light energy on there. You know, maybe something like... Maybe a... What about a pool tile? Something that had water by it, or just another tile. I don't know. I just, I'm thinking of these things now because the chandelier made me think and... Uh, Let's not get anything else. <laughs> but I like collecting these things. I know. I know you do. But you'd rather not have a haunted house. I'd rather not. Okay. We got the haunted desk chair. That's all we got. That's fun. Yep, we sure do, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. Uh, another letter coming in here from Dan. Dan writes in, my name is Dan. 
Uh, and I currently live in Billings, Montana. But the main part of my story takes place in Juneau, Alaska, where I lived until I was 12 years old. It's probably six or seven. I would spend a lot of time with this guy that would tell me ghost stories and scare the hell out of me. I only mention this because I had this thing happen quite often, getting scared from ghost stories and go to bed paranoid that ghosts were all over. And never once did I actually see anything. So this leads me to believe that when I did see something that wasn't uh, it, it wasn't just because I was afraid and my head was full of ghost stories. Anyway, it was at night. I had just been put down to bed like most nights. Put my headphones on for my Walkman under my pillow and listened to the radio. Remember when kids did that? Had Walkmans and... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not iTunes and iPads and i whatever and... Oh, we're going to watch any television show created in the last 30 years with the press of a button. Exactly. You had the radio and that was it. I would frequent the Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. That's what I used to listen to and freak the hell out of me. I still don't like that show. Which inspired this show. I know, I know, but I still can't listen to it. Uh, Music in my mind drifted further and further from ghosts as I began to drift off to sleep. Right as one of my favorite songs is on the radio, it started flickering and went to static and then shut off completely. Figured the batteries died or something, so I put the Walkman on. Uh, the bed next to me and rolled over to go to sleep and I was tired. All of a sudden I thought I saw movement in the corner. I looked and there staring back at me were red eyes. They were only eyes though. I couldn't see anything except for darkness. I froze in terror felt like screaming but I couldn't. I heard no sound whatsoever and the eyes didn't move just seemed to stare right at me. I know this wasn't reflections or anything it was in the corner of the room next to the door. Windows were on the other side of the room and had the curtains drawn. I mustered up everything I had and turned around, and right when I whipped my head, I saw the corner of my eye. The eyes were gone. And right at that moment, about the same time, I was completely turned over. I saw uh, from what I saw the radio come back to life and start the song I was listening to before, and it blared right at me. That made me jump. But the weirdest thing is that I swear I was looking at the eyes frozen in time for five minutes but the same song was still on the radio when it came back live okay, so this wasn't a cassette tape this was radio live radio okay feels like it took forever same song still playing uh, in most songs about three and a half minutes I realized I was a young child and might have misjudged time but what if I didn't there was no sound I couldn't move maybe I was frozen in time somehow with these eyes and it felt evil to me almost demonic I don't know if I blocked out that story from my mind or brushed it off as a dream, but I went on in life, grew up, moved to a different state, and it had been almost 10 years and I never saw or heard anything. I laughed at people that said they saw or heard ghosts and called them crazy. I turned 16 and had my first serious girlfriend and I spent my time with her. She would tell me about how her house was haunted and she could see and talk to ghosts. I just thought she was crazy and so did her mom, who was very religious. Until I stayed the night one time. I had no choice but to stay the night because I was stranded in the city that uh, and lived somewhere. So her mom said that she had uh, to sleep on the couch and I got her bed. I don't know why you'd think I got the couch. But anyway, I got cozy in my girlfriend's bed and got ready to go to sleep. But I lay there with my eyes closed and I had the strong feeling like someone was right there with me watching me sleep. It wasn't pleasant. At first, I thought it might be her father angry at me for sleeping in her daughter's bed. But I looked around and nobody was there. Then I heard some weird scraping sounds. Turned out the light. I turned on the light and searched the whole room and found nothing. So I laid down and forced myself to ignore it and go to sleep. I just started to doze off after two hours. 
and it felt like someone kicked the bottom of the bed hard. I jumped up in bed, and I could feel someone there, but nobody was there. I was scared as a little girl, and I literally ran down the stairs at 3 a.m. and laid on the floor next to my girlfriend. She awoke, and I told her what happened, and she said that they were probably angry that I was there and didn't know me. I never doubted her again. The next morning, I woke to her mom yelling, and she was telling me she told me to sleep upstairs. She was very mad that we slept together, even though it was me on the floor next to her. I explained what I heard and felt her face went white. It looked like she finally started believing her daughter as she went upstairs and started praying in the room. I never went into that room alone again. I don't know which of these two stories were more scary. And when the second one happened, I recalled the first. And that's what made me believe. That's what really happened and was not a dream. Both were scary and since then I've been a believer. Sorry for the long message. Hope it makes it to the show. And keep, keep up the good work. I enjoy the show. Thanks for writing in. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I would say uh, there was something going on there uh, in that that bedroom. You know, it's interesting how they react to different people. You know, the they're almost you know more calm around their regular people. They're like pets. Yeah. You know, sometimes. There's the regular folks, and then there's the new people who are there. You know, and I, I, I would think sometimes they may be protective of their people if they're at peace with them. You think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, if it's a good ghost, I mean, unless it's like some sort of demonic spirit that's you know, trying to kill you. It, it, do you think it's just not maybe a protection, but more of a... I've gotten accustomed to sharing this space with this person. It's like a territorial thing. Yeah. yeah I, I think it's like how animals are somewhat, you know, it's territorial and it's, uh, it's yeah, being accustomed to your, your normal people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when that changes or it, it feels threatened, or if you have one that is not evil and actually, you know, likes the people they're with and, and views them as, company or or family you know i suppose if you're a ghost and you're just there these are your people it's part of your family at that point uh you would be a little uh you know i guess perturbed at the uh the boyfriend of the 16 year old uh, sleeping in the bed too yeah yeah and be a little bit like yeah i don't like you although not foreseeing you freak out the boyfriend he's gonna go sleep next to the girlfriend upstairs yeah that kind of backfired didn't that it? backfired on that ghost so yep there you go but uh, yeah interesting nonetheless and the first ghost though I think completely separate incidents um, and completely different ghosts but yeah that first one probably fairly demonic probably not uh, the nice type of ghost you necessarily want to have hanging out in your house I don't like red eyes no, no matter what no, never never a good thing or hooves no alright that does it for this episode of Real Ghost Stories Online please give us some comments there on iTunes and some stars then email me what your username was that uh, that you did that under you email Tony T-O-N-Y at realghoststoriesonline.com or send me the message through Facebook uh, I'll verify it and I'll email you a bonus episode of the show that you can use anytime when uh, you've listened to all of our other ones or whenever you care to listen to the bonus episode. Fully produced, regular episode, only for you. Uh, saying thank you for uh, for supporting us here at realghoststoriesonline.com. So until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thank you for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.